Entrepreneur on Fire 795. Owning a business is like jumping off a mountain and figuring out how to land while you're on the way down. A lot of being an entrepreneur is not always having the answer, but having the drive to go figure out how to get there, how to overcome an obstacle. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of entrepreneur on fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. Having experience these days is priceless. More than 900,000 design projects have passed through the doors at 99designs. That's expertise. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Ready to add a professional ring to your business? Go to evoice.com slash fire for your 30-day free trial. In Fire Nation, you'll get $5 off your bill every month. That's evoice.com slash fire. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Michael Vagent. Michael, are you prepared to ignite? You bet I am, John. <laughs> nice. Great blue president and founder, Michael specializes in design and implementation of research methodologies, including phone, mail, web-based studies, focus groups, and in-depth interviews. He empowers clients with objective, reliable data to maximize organizational effectiveness. Michael, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share more about you personally and expound upon the biz. John, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Um, Great Blue was founded in 2009 uh, after working for a, a company uh, doing the same same sort of thing since 98. When I bought out the business, it was time to change things and, and shake them up a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, what we do is drive business solutions through targeted and specific research um, using a variety of methods. You've already covered some of them, um, but really going out and finding those answers for folks to help them drive their business and identify, uh, as our tagline says, what's next. Mm. Well, we are going to dive into that creation of the company back in 2009. We're going to talk about some wins and some losses over the course of your entrepreneurial journey, Michael. But before we get into all that, we always start with a success quote and why you chose it. So share away. So for me, the quote that, that really means a lot to me and it has a lot to do with, with the founding of the business is the vision of those things um, to be done may come a long time before the way of doing things becomes clear, but woe to those who distrust the vision. Um, and, and in our world, the research will give you the answers. It's not always clear at the beginning. And sometimes you've got to trust your vision. You've got to work through it. Uh, and I saw that quote literally on my way to Key West, Florida, to sit down and think about and, and drive what I wanted the business to look like. So so seeing that quote, um, and, 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 the, and the author of that quote is Jenkin L. Jones. Jenkin L. Jones. Well, Michael, you know, that is, I can see, going to become a theme of this interview. You know, the essence of that quote, the theme behind it, because it's obviously one of those laurels that you've built up Great Blue off of. And, you know, we're really going to be focusing on that. And, Michael, I'm not sure if you've listened to any Entrepreneur Fire interviews, but we truly focus on story, my friends. I like to bring my listeners right here, right now, Fire Nation, an actual set of stories from your journey as an entrepreneur. And yes, we're going to dive into the successes and the aha moments and your proudest moment, but 
we start with a failure, Michael. We, we do that for a reason because, I mean, listen, you're the successful entrepreneur right now. Let's close this chasm between you and some of these listeners that maybe haven't started their journey yet and you know want to know that it's okay to fail. So take us to that moment in time, Michael. I want you to tell me that story about a failure. It's an interesting question, John, because for me, I had cancer at the age of 12. Um, given six months to live, all that sort of thing. And so for me, um, from a very young age, I've had some perspective about successes and failures. Um, so I take them with a different grain of salt, if you will, um, than a lot of my counterparts. But I think probably um, just like you've, you've heard the story of, of Michael Jordan getting cut from his basketball team, um, I would say for me, um, as a solid defensive second baseman in the Little League, when I got up to the high school level, uh, I didn't make the team. I played better defense than the guy that made the team, but he was a better hitter. And it, and it, it helped me understand that even though I might have been great in my own mind, uh, at the end of the day, I was competing against other people, and, and, and I didn't put in the work that he put in. Um, and that's just, that was a lesson for me. I was out doing other things and goofing off and having fun and, 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 and he was out practicing and, and he won that spot. So, so for me, um, that was, I think probably a real good lesson early on in the process. So let's talk about perspective for a second, Michael. I mean, I can tell you from being a U.S. Army veteran of eight years, you know, having spent 13 months deployed to Iraq, you know, seeing war firsthand, seeing death and just seeing, you know, the, just the worst of the worst. You know, I, I often have to go back to those times to keep perspective on the little things that go wrong day to day to kind of keep my head in the right space and say, yeah, you know, it stinks that, you know, the internet dropped for five minutes here, but hello, you know, think back to your tour of duty in Fallujah, you know, life could be worse. And so, you know, how does that help you keep perspective, what you dealt with at a young age, you know, having cancer at 12? Like, what would you want to share with Fire Nation, you know, these entrepreneurs that really you know, might need a dose of perspective, you know, as we just get so caught up and so mired in these little struggles and failures that we do encounter every single day. I would say the first thing for me is thank you to you for your service. Thank you. Uh, we, we don't thank our vets enough. So, um, but, but I think for me, one of the things that I learned through the illness was the ability to be consistent. Um, there were extreme highs, there were extreme lows during, during that year of my life. Um, but what I, what I walked away from, and it took me some years to really process it and think about it and recognize it, but what I walked away with was that I had a tight group of family and friends that surrounded me. Um, and one thing that I learned to do, and, and again, this was years later that I, I, I recognized this, was that I learned that when I was having a good day, those around me could take a deep breath and have a good day. And so I realized at a young age um, that, that my mood and my demeanor and, and how I was coping had a big impact on those around me. So I think what it taught me was, is that while you do have extreme highs, you do have extreme lows, that being consistent is really what the key. And that's been a huge driver for me is just understanding that, you know, there's going to be days when we close big deals and there's going to be days where there might be cash flow challenges. But when, when it's the latter, when there's when there's cash flow, when there's difficult 
things happening in the business, we have control over that. We have control over what we do to get ourselves out of that. Um, and, 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 and the same goes for when things are going good. If we want them to continue to go good, we've got to do those things that got us there in the first place. And what it always boils back to for me is consistency. The ability to be consistent, Fire Nation. This is such a great takeaway for anybody listening. And, you know, Michael, I love how you shared that we are in control of the energy and the vibes that we give off as humans. I mean, so many times, Michael, you know, we don't realize that we have the control to... you know, of how we are perceived, I think is the best way to put that. And, you know, a lot of times I'll walk into a room, you know, whether it be a networking event, whether it be at a conference or just a little meetup and people will say, John, you know, sometimes you just kind of glow of energy. Like you just are giving off this great vibe. Like, how do you do that? And I say, well, because I decided to do that. Like, I want to be happy. I want to give off the vibe, you know, that I'm enthusiastic to be here. You know, I want to give off that vibe and I decided to, so therefore I do. So Fire Nation, we all have that ability to make that decision, to, to you know, to have that perception of us be shaped with that decision that we've made of that vibe that we want to give up. I mean, Michael, what are your thoughts on that? I, I couldn't agree more, you know, and, and, and you brought up networking events and, you know, there's days and, and I'm often described as that guy as well. Um, the energy level guy and, and, and the guy that, that brings that, that optimistic approach to the table. And, and again, that stems back from having to fight that illness. Um, that's one of the gifts that was taken away. But I'll tell you, there's days I walk into a networking event. I'm just tired. Oh, yeah. I don't feel well. I don't want to be there. Um, but at, the, at that, at that point, I say, okay. This is where consistency pops in. This is where I need to do something to drive the business forward. And at that time, I might have the goal of, of meeting three solid contacts when, when I drove up. But when I got there, I didn't feel well. Well, then maybe I changed the goal and say, let's go have one solid conversation. Let's make one good contact where we can introduce them to somebody in our network or her to somebody in our network and help try to drive their business forward a little bit. And the rest will take care of itself. So I'm a firm believer that there's days you got to wake up and decide to be in a good mood because everything else is against you. Fire Nation, nothing wrong with taking small steps like Michael said. We don't need to start with this overwhelming goal that really has us beat before we even start. I mean, make those goals small and attainable and look at them as legitimate wins when you do accomplish that. And Michael, what we're going to do is shift. We're going to shift to another story in your life. And this story is going to be an aha moment. So again, Michael, we love the story atmosphere here. So take us to the moments in time when you had the aha moment, the epiphany, the light bulb that went off. You've had a ton, but I want one story of one moment and then share with us the steps you took to turn that moment to success. I know exactly what the moment is. And I touched upon it briefly in in sharing the quote. The aha moment started with that quote on the plane ride. We were doing some work in Miami Beach, Florida, um, before I bought the company. And I said to my wife, at this point, I knew I was, the transition was happening. And so I said to my wife, I'd love to go down to Key West and spend a couple of days uh, and just really think about the business and think about um, what it is that I want my business to look like. And I saw that quote on the plane ride down. And so I started as I was driving down to Key West, I stopped at a couple of different places, you know, just to have lunch or whatever the case may be. And as I started to talk to people, I would ask them one question. Do you love your job? And if people said yes, I would ask them why. If they said no, I would ask them why. And the answer was never about money. 
It was always about the people that they worked with. And so the aha moment for me was, is that the business had to be a great culture. It had to be a place that people of all ages, shapes and sizes were excited to get up and come to and, and felt that they wanted to stand behind um, during the good days as well as the bad. And so for me, the next four days in Key West was sat over maybe one or two or 12 pints of beer um, at a variety of bars, but sitting <laughs> And writing about what I want wanted this business to look like. I learned from one of the best in our business on how to do research as a business. What I had to do at that point was turn it into my own. So I already had a good skill set built up. I had had a great mentor. Now I had to make it my own. And that couple of days in Key West really allowed me just to sit and think and focus uh, on the business. And that quote was a driving force behind that moment. So Fire Nation, this is such a revelation. You know, as we as entrepreneurs are building our businesses, we need to be focusing on building our cultures. That is such an incredible part to the long-term success of our companies. I mean, you heard from Michael, the number one response that he got from that incredibly powerful question, like, do you love your job? When people said yes, it was because they loved the people they worked with. They loved the job they had location-wise. You know, they loved the, the boss they might have worked for or whatever that might be. It was the culture that they loved first and foremost. So Michael, that's what I'm really taking away and, and share with Fire Nation, you know, one or two things that you've done at Great Blue to ensure that it's been an amazing culture and how our listeners can maybe adapt and adopt some of these strategies that you've taken that have obviously been successful. Well, the first thing that really came to mind is um, I'm an extroverted personality. So I have a tendency to think and speak at the same time. And what I realized was when I'd get my team together to brainstorm, I would say, all right, guys, come on, let's brainstorm. And we'd get going and I'd get a lot of blank stares and it used to drive me nuts. So one of the things that we did was we did a personality assessment training session where we started to understand whatever, what our differences were from a personality standpoint. Some of us were introverts. Some of us were extroverts. Um, some of us were thinkers. Some of us were perceivers and judgers and, and you name it. So we went through the process and what we realized was that my introverted employees, I'm just giving one example, had all these great things to share, but I wasn't shutting my mouth enough to give them the opportunity to do it. And so it was during that moment we were going through the training, I stopped and said, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you some opportunity or the necessary time to get your thoughts across. And at that same moment, some of my staff members looked at me and said, hey, you know what? I'm sorry for not rising up to your energy level sometimes. And so from that day forward, culturally, our communication was different. It was better. But it took sitting in a room together and going through some training with an outside source to, you know, so it wasn't me doing all the talking. It wasn't our VP doing all the talking. It was someone else. And we were all learning. We were all engaging. But I think importantly, too, is within reason, you've got to go out and have some fun together. Uh, and there's a fine line between being a, an owner and a leader and being a friend, but I'm a firm believer that you have to do uh, more of one and, and less of the other, but you have to effectively do both because you know what? We spend more time with, with our coworkers than in many cases we do with our families. So that relationship is equally important. We need to be able to blow off steam and have some fun um, after, after a big win or after a tough deadline, um, but also know that we've got to be accountable to one another if we're not carrying our weight. So there's a great quote, Fire Nation, and I don't even know who to attribute it to, but I'll do it in the show notes if, if possible. 
But it's we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Use them in proportion. You know, so often as extroverts, and I'm the same way, Michael, you know, I'm a talk first kind of guy as well. And it's so important that we're listening, you know, that we're doing that incredibly, sometimes difficult task of just keeping our mouth shut and just listening and, and seeing, you know, what else is out there besides just the thoughts and the voices and the words coming out of our mouth from our head. So incredibly powerful lesson there. And what I want to do now, Michael, is talk about another moment in your journey. This is going to be your proudest entrepreneurial moment. Take it away. That came on December 15th, 2009. It was the day that I bought the business. Um, and, and, and any entrepreneur will tell you there, there comes a point in time where they had to make a decision and push their chips all in or walk away. And it was on that day that, that I effectively wrote out the check, um, that literally and figuratively pushed all my chips in. Mm. And it was, it was literally, I got handed the keys to the business on the 15th and it was the last day I was getting a paycheck from the business that I bought. At that point, my next paycheck was going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of January 4th, but I had to go, I had to go create it for once. And so one of the things, it, the thing that I'm proudest of is that we moved an entire business, including a call center. Uh, and anyone that's worked with a large phone company knows how challenging it can be to get uh, phone lines and call centers uh, set up. But we moved our entire office um, from, from one town in Connecticut to another town in Connecticut and had the office fully operational and functioning in a two-week period. Uh, we, we opened the business. We opened the doors for our business January 4th, and we were, we were making calls from our call center on that very first day. Wow. So two, two weeks around the holidays, my brother, my father, friends of mine, we were all in there. And I literally um, had a young child at the time. Uh, did Christmas morning with my wife and my daughter, and then I was off to the I was off to the office um, and 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 building call center cubicles uh, later that afternoon. So um, that was that was particularly important um, because it showed me what I was capable of doing um, in a short period of time, uh, and, and 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 from that perspective, um, I learned a lot about myself. Fire Nation, a man of action, Michael is. And, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. It takes taking action. So there's a lot of great things that you have going on, Michael, right now. And that's kind of what I want to focus on next. I want you to take us to the present time. I want you to talk to us about you today, Great Blue. What is the one thing that has you most fired up above everything else? There's a couple. So when I think about the historical uh, verticals or spaces that we've done our work in, it's been healthcare, it's been utilities, and it's been state and government work. Um, we're, we're starting to dabble in the in in the in the professional sports market, um, but I think the the one thing that that has me most fired up right now is all the change that's going on in the healthcare space uh, for for folks young and old alike of all different uh, income levels, um, demographics. Don't matter when it comes to healthcare. Um, and what I mean by that is, is that everybody needs it, um, and we need to make sure that that everybody's getting the care that's accessible. 
to them uh, at whatever level or shape that that may look like. And and a lot of our clients are are at the forefront of of these movements and these efforts and trying to make sure that that folks are being taken care of. And we're a big part of that right now with the work that we're doing in the healthcare space. And so while it might not be the most exciting topic to a lot of folks out there, for us right now, we're having an impact on on how people are cared for and and how they're seeking help and how they're seeking care and how they're able to afford it um, and, and maneuver through a very complex system. So a lot of our work right now is, is focused in that arena, and we're real proud of the stuff that we're doing. A man of passion, Fire Nation. That's what we're driving towards, creating our businesses. It's exciting to hear. And Michael, we're about to enter the lightning rounds, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's a lot to be said of the internet and its ability to help us connect. You can build anything from relationships to entire businesses with the click of a button. But there are times when online communications can't beat hearing someone's voice over the phone. The personal connection, the trust, and the peace of mind that comes with hearing someone's voice is irreplaceable. That's why I use eVoice for my business. By helping me expertly manage all my business calls, eVoice provides me with a better way to connect with my clients and business partners. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, and a dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into my business phone. So whether I'm at the office, a convention, or sitting poolside, I always have the ability to connect. Want to try it for yourself? Go to eVoice.com slash fire now to start your 30-day free trial. In Fire Nation, eVoice is offering you $5 off your bill every month. Stay connected with eVoice. Go to eVoice.com slash fire. That's eVoice.com slash Fire. Need a quality design but worried about the cost? One of the easiest ways for your design budget to spiral out of control is to start your project without a clear direction. This leads to you and your designer continuously spinning your wheels, frustrated but hoping eventually you'll land on a design that you like. 99designs has helped thousands of businesses around the world get designs that communicate their unique brands. It doesn't matter if you're running a contest with several designers or collaborating with just one. Crafting a thoughtful brief is always the first step to getting a great design. And at 99designs, it's super simple. All you need to do is fill in their online brief form. So what is it that you need? Boost your brand's visibility with a t-shirt or drive more traffic with a sleek new banner ad or landing page. Project started just $199 and your happiness is always 100% guaranteed. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. 99designs.com slash fire. Michael, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The only thing that was holding me back was myself and it was that fear of failure. And, And the moment I realized that I could trust myself and I could get it done and if I didn't have the answer, I'd figure out a way to get it done. Um, that, that epiphany told me everything I needed to know um, that I could do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? Owning a business is like jumping off a mountain and figuring out how to land while you're on the way down. Um, I, I think that a lot of being a business owner, about being an entrepreneur, is not always having the answer, but having the drive to go figure out how to get there, how to overcome an obstacle, how to find the right solution, how to utilize your resources. Um, and, and, and that quote for me uh, just really kind of summarizes 
what being a business owner, what being an entrepreneur is all about. We don't always have the answers, but we got to figure it out while we're, while we're in the air. Share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. I talked a lot about the consistency theme for me. Uh, one of my personal habits is, is really trying to, to manage stress. And when you get into the, the idea of stress, stress is usually, for me anyway, I define it as being out of the consistent or being out of the comfort um, of which, which I usually reside. So from there, I start to think about what can I do to get back to that mode. Uh, in a lot of ways, it may start with a trip to Dairy Queen and just getting a blizzard and sitting down and thinking about what's going right, right. and what's going wrong. And, and, and it's amazing how many problems can get solved over a, a good blizzard. Um, Chocolate-covered cherry is my favorite flavor for anybody wondering. What's yours, Michael? Banana cream pie. <laughs> Do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? I have really recently become a, a huge fan of Insightly, which is a, a task management um, CRM type system, and it's and it's pretty customizable. So we were able to utilize it not only for our sales team but for our, our projects team, uh, and really linking up a lot of the work that we're doing together. And and again, part of being consistent is planning out your day. And so for me, Insightly helps me not only plan out my day but it very neatly ties everything together um, from my calendar, from my task list, uh, from appointments, uh, things that we have going on. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I was kind of toying back and forth between two books. Um, I'm going to go with Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. And I think one of the things that it really helped me to do, the, the, the foundation of the book, and I'm not going to do him total justice, is that there's essentially three types of people out there. You have your connectors, you have your mavens, you have your salespeople. Um, and in a research business, things are always changing, not only from our side, but from our client side. So to take a utility, for example, a utility client I have may be going through smart metering uh, or new technologies. They may be going through rate issues. They might be going through um, staffing or field service or, or outage issues. So when I think about how I, how I categorize my network, I think about my mavens. When I need to do some deep dive and I need to do some homework about my industry, there's some folks in my network that just really know a lot about their, their industry. I'll go have lunch or, or coffee with them and pick their brain a little bit. Then I've got my connectors. There's certain people if I, if I need to generate an opportunity or I've got somebody in my network that's looking for an opportunity, I want to link them up. There's certain people in my network that I view as connectors, um, folks that I can call up and they may not know somebody directly that can help but they're going to know somebody who knows somebody that can help. So from that point, the tipping point really changed how I view networking, how I view relationship management. Uh, and it just helped me to kind of categorize and, 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 and put a, a, a framework around how I network with people, how I, you know, how I, how I build my relationships, how I manage my relationships, and how I can use, utilize those relationships um, to help everyone around me. Such valuable insights, Fire Nation. And Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one for free at eofirebook.com. Michael, this next question's the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? As a researcher, I'm trained to assess and identify 
the situation around me and, and, and utilize that information and that data to, to, to plan the next steps. And so I would probably say, um, first I would, I would, I would probably enjoy a little bit of that food in that shelter. Um, hopefully it was someplace near an ocean and I would say, thank God it's not snowing out right now. Um, <laughs> And, and, and then I might I might catch up a little bit on the news, uh, and then and then I'd start. I, I probably wouldn't sit idle too long. I would say probably by about midday on day one, I'd start planning my my attack, and I'd start planning um, what I was going to go learn about my surroundings. I was going to go um, start identifying what needed to be done, whether that was uh, survival type skills, whether that was business type skills. Um, you know, I, I think. It's not the most glamorous answer, but I think I would really break down my surroundings and start to to assess what the situation is and, and figure out a game plan from there. And if I could start a business and, 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 and own it, uh, that'd be part of the mix as well. Well, Michael, let's end today on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, I would say my guidance is for any entrepreneur, for any business owner, for, for any employee, um, don't just focus on the job in front of you. Focus on the job in front of you, but also the one that's ahead in the future. Um, when I was opening the business, while I was building um, cubicles and, and hanging pictures, I was also making sure that um, one or two times per hour, I was sending out a, a relationship management email or making a phone call to a client or or sending out a new business um, you know, email or, or phone call. I was always trying to do something. And I still, to this day, try to do something every day that drives the business forward. And I think that shouldn't be just a trait of, of a business owner. I think it should be a trait of every single person, whether it's something you're doing personally or it's something you're doing professionally. Challenge yourself every day to do something to drive you forward. Um, and, and that for me has has led to consistency. It's led to great things. It's led to me um, getting out of, of tough times quicker. Uh, it's led to um, good times sticking around longer. Um, so, so from that standpoint, that's probably the one piece uh, of parting words for me that are most important and something I try to live by every day. And what's the best way that we can connect with you? We can be found at, at Great Blue Research, all one word, dot com. Uh, my email is just simply mjv at greatblueresearch.com. We invite you to come out and take a look. Uh, we've got some new videos and some, some new changes to our website that are coming up in the near future. So we're excited about uh, what's going on and, and, and we welcome folks to just reach out and uh, we're here and happy to help in any way that we can. Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Michael and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Michael in the search bar, and his show notes page will pop right up. And Michael, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today, and for that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, John, thanks so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it freepodcastcourse.com. Fire Nation, are you ready to share your message with the world? Are you prepared to ignite your brand in your business? Our free 15-day podcast course will show you how to do just that and so much more. Visit freepodcastcourse.com and start your podcasting journey today. 
Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 